On this episode of Architect, we tackle acoustics with Steve Haas from SH Acoustics and Shay Murdoch of Murdoch Salone, looking at how the acoustics of your space can impact your employees and your health. All that and more next on Architect. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. AV Nation is brought to you by Sure. Because every voice matters. This is Architect, Episode 10. Recorded Thursday, May 7th, 2020. Sound Design. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Atlas IED, innovative audio solutions for every business environment. This is Architect, a monthly look at how the architecture and the AV space come together. My name is Tim Holmbright. I am your host. Uh, this month, we're going to take a look at something that I've been wanting to do for a while and something that I personally think doesn't get a whole lot of attention, at least in the AV world. It does in the architecture world and it does for in a couple of different areas. Uh, we're going to talk about sound, honestly, and, and, and soundproofing and, and, and uh, the acoustics of the space that you're in. With me uh, is, first and foremost, Mr. Steve Haas from SHA. How are you, sir? Very good. Thank you, Tim. And if you didn't, if you didn't, if you missed it at ISE, Steve and I got a chance to see each other in real life. I know that seems like a hundred years ago, but it wasn't. It was just back in February. Uh, so you can check that out as well. Uh, with me uh, is Shay Murdoch. Shay is from Murdoch and Salone. Uh, welcome, sir. Hi, thank you very much. Uh, so guys, I want to start with, with, with uh, Steve, we'll start with you on this. Um, you and I talked back, back in February at ISC about... Uh, the acoustics of rooms, right? And, and I'm sitting in uh, newer studios for us here at AV Nation. Um, Steve and I actually talked offline about ways to make this room better. Uh, one of the things that the, the reasons we moved offices was was to expand our uh, our spaces and talking about you know soundproofing audio studios and this that and the other. But you and I really talked about more than that. It was also the workplaces. Um, what about acoustics makes it vital? Uh, to a building or a facility's design? Well, certainly from my perspective, our perspective as sound experts, we see how bad sound or good sound can affect productivity in the workplace, if we're talking about that sector. It's really all about the functionality of wherever you're trying to get your work done, trying to have better living conditions, uh, performance or entertainment. It's really thinking about what is the right acoustic environment for that particular function. And that's a lot of times the problems come when somebody, whether it's the architects, designers, or even the clients themselves are not thinking about that functionality enough relative to sound. So that's really where it starts is how is it going to, how's good sound going to improve and how's bad sound going to detract from the functionality of that space? So how, you walk me through this, if, if I have never even considered the acoustics and considered the sound and how it impacts my employees, how, how would you say it does it, let's say it in, in a positive way? Well, positive way is when you have the right separation of sound, you're not hearing other people talking when you're on a phone, maybe in your private office or certainly in a conference room. Speech privacy is a really big thing in a lot of corporate offices if we're still staying in that sector. 
And, and that's something that we often get brought in after the fact because somebody didn't address that. Maybe they're using glass walls that are very thin with glass doors and no seals. So you're looking at spaces that really have very poor speech privacy. So when it's done properly, when the room is, is not full of noise, it's not full of leakage of sound to and from a critical space, a private space, you really get the best of all worlds for the people who are using those spaces, the individuals and the groups that are talking because they're not worried about what they say being leaked to other parts of the office. Shay, I wanna bring you in on this. When, when you start talking with clients, at what point, besides, you know, obviously from an architecture standpoint, what's the function of the room? You know, what, what are some of the aesthetics? What, what are you looking for? At what point do you guys start talking about uh, the sound in, in, of, of a room or, or the liveliness or, or, or lack thereof uh, of a space? Well, um, I would agree with Steve in that it depends on the, the type of room that we're, we're talking about. Um, and it is for, it's, it's an afterthought for a lot, of, a lot of clients. It's not something at the forefront. So we're trying to bring that to their attention early on. Um, I, I, find be, I find myself being brought in on projects to solve problems that existed because they were not thought about at the onset. Okay. Um, echoey uh, uh, conference rooms, um, you know, the, the need to come in with things like white noise machines, which if the space were designed correctly to begin with, they wouldn't be necessary. So we're, we're, we're looking at what type of activities happening. If we're talking about a commercial office space, for example, you know, the open work plan has been pushed as the model for years, but it has the drawback of being everybody's in an open space. So what steps can be done to mediate some of that noise, uh, be, you know, between people and to create a more uh, comfortable noise sound level within the space. It's actually going to be very interesting to see once we come out of COVID-19 social distancing how those open plan offices are going to change. Because I've been reading a lot about that and thinking a lot about it. Well, yeah, and, and, and Shay, you, you said you, you guys don't get brought in until after the fact on, sometimes on that. At, at that point, is, is it where you're not necessarily, I don't want to say putting a Band-Aid on it because that, that you know, kind of takes away from what you guys do, but is it where you're kind of constrained with the existing infrastructure and so there are, you're limited to what you can do short of, you know, ripping everything out and starting over again? Um, sometimes it's a Band-Aid, yes. I mean, that's why when we're starting out projects now, like we recently did a, uh, a, a 80,000 square foot uh, school for uh, K through fifth grade, so elementary school, and it was very important to bring in an acoustical consultant for the sound quality in the room with, with kids, as well as transference to the hallway, uh, outside noise. So we're, we're combining sort of how to isolate the room and then diffuse some of the sound within the room so that the, the students can hear the teachers uh, and then they're not, um, and then they're able to, you know, hear each other and, and teach. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you you uh, both we try to make those, uh, those architectural elements within the room as opposed to band-aids. 
So for example, we may do a ceiling treatment that is designed to diffuse sound, but also create an, an, an aesthetically pleasing environment and not just a Band-Aid um, and not, you know, putting in acoustical two by two tiles. Yeah, and, and making those part of the, the um, part of the room, right? Not, not part just, of the room, you know. Part of the concept yeah. of the room. And, you know, we work, we work in a visual way, so it's, it's sometimes hard to describe those things. Uh, and, and they're very subjective. I mean, our, you know, architecture itself is subjective, but it's subjective in a way that's, that's a visual thing. And people are, 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 have, have trouble understanding the subjective nature of sound. Uh, meaning what makes them, what, what is it about the sound that is making them uncomfortable? Or, you know, I think of loud restaurants or, you know, where, where a, um, something like Grand Central Station, which can be very loud, has a different emotional feeling because of the space it's in, even though it may have a high level of, 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 of noise. Yeah, high, high SPL there. And that, and that is also, some of that is, you know, you, I hear locally, we've got a, a restaurant that opened up, you know, not too long ago. And they quickly had to call a, 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 an AV friend of mine to get an acoustician in there because you, you have parallel facing walls, all four, right? Hard surfaces on the ceiling. Um, and suddenly, you know, folks not only were stopped coming, but were complaining about the noise. And it wasn't, you know, that, that necessarily um, the loud for, for the number of people, but it was the fact that, that everybody cobbled together started adding to the overall SPL. Right, and I'm sure Steve can say that there's a point where if you go too far with that, then it's at, then then it feels empty. You know, mm. so you, they're trying well, to balance a yeah. livelihood of the space, a liveliness of the sound, with uh, you know not being t so loud that you can't hear. You're you're yelling over the person next to you. You're yeah. hearing every conversation around you. So, I mean, that's that's right. hospitality design. It's a little different than than a school or a commercial or, or, or spaces which are specifically designed for sound quality and isolation like music studios or recording studios. Well, Steve, talk about that for a second because okay. as, as, a, as somebody who, walked, who did go into this place, I almost wanted to say, you know what, just make it dead. You know, just deaden it. Is there such a thing as, as too quiet when it comes to you know, um, public spaces? I, I, I believe that any extreme can be problematic. Okay. okay, because you it, it still goes back to that functionality argument. Okay, a, a restaurant, while many of them are definitely built without any acoustic control in mind, I like to use the word taming a space, not okay. killing it. Okay, and we want we want to control it, we want to tame it enough so that that excessive liveness, that excessive loudness of sound that you are screaming at the person across the table uh, three feet away from you just to be heard is is not an issue but if you go too far if you swing that needle too far you're absolutely right it will feel oppressive i mean some restaurants like that some you know maybe old italian restaurant wants to feel just like everybody hush hush be quiet and but most restaurants they want a balance okay and and the, the problem with some restaurant owners, which is not really the topic here, is that 
they will just say, oh, well, we want it loud and lively just so that they can avoid paying for what needs to be done properly. And they've even told us that. But the, the thing is what they, what they have to be educated on, just like any owner, you know, head of a school, the, the CEO of a corporation, they have to be, understand that what they're buying is quality. They're buying an improvement that's right for their functionality, not too far one way or another. And that's what we need architects and people like us to be able to come together and say, this is, the need, this is where the needle should swing in neither direction too far. And that's what we'll get. We'll get taming, we'll get control of a space, but not kill it, not kill the life. Yeah. Both of you have been involved in, in some award-winning projects, both from the commercial side and the, and the residential. Um, Shay, I want you to walk me through this and then Steve will get you, you on this. What, what is the difference? Walk me through the differences in design from a sound standpoint in the residential. And then what are the different, you know, from residential to, to commercial, what are the differences there? The differences in terms of the between residential and commercial or in yes. the range of residential? Yeah, in between residential, commercial. And you can even throw the light commercial in there as well, obviously, because that, that would be in that spectrum there. Um, well, it goes to function, as Steve said. I mean, a residence has certain requirements where, you know, you want to isolate um, a lot of the mechanicals from the space. You want to limit the amount of, you know, velocity of air that you hear from the air conditioner or the, the pipes that uh, when, when, when plumbing is running, when toilets are flushed, when... Um, so you're, 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 you're isolating rooms both, and depending on where it is in the environment, if it's a house, you know, a high-end house in the woods versus a townhouse on Park Avenue, you're gonna take a different approach to outside noise and the isolation from the exterior. So, you know, we sit with the clients, we'd establish those programs for, for their needs, and then we design with Steve an, an appropriate solution to what level of isolation both within the residence and from the outside that they're looking to achieve. It, a similar thing applies to commercial, except for you're dealing with, you know, perhaps many people in a room, right? I mean, we do a lot of art galleries. So art galleries have a, an inherent uh, acoustical issue in that they are all hard surfaces. They're large spaces that sometimes have hundreds of people in there. And, it's a, it's, that is one of the hardest challenges in commercial work is to, find, is, to, is to create a space that you don't see the acoustical treatments, but they are there. And that's, um, you know, that, that's one of the things that we work with Steve on is, is are there ways to provide absorption and deflection without it becoming part of the architecture? Can it can it disappear in the architecture and serve its same purpose and serve the purpose of creating quality sound within those spaces? Yeah. Um, Steve, can, can it happen? Can you, can you make the, the sound treatment disappear? Certainly not, not just can it happen. It must happen in most cases. Okay. There are, you know, for every hundred, projects, hundred spaces, maybe even a thousand spaces. There's probably one or two where somebody says, oh yes, let me see those acoustic treatments. Let it look like a science project to us. And, and certainly even if the end users are saying it, 
by the time the architects or the architects and the interior designers get to it, it's not happening. I mean, it's yeah. so rare. And, and, and so that's kind of our, our life's blood mission here to get something that is, is a true blend. And then when you're talking about the technology as well, that AV technology, I know is a third wheel or th third, third leg of the stool here that really has to blend in with both the acoustics, the way the speakers are integrated such, and then, and of course, with the architecture. So that's really the, the essence of, of what always must be done to get a very successful project from everybody's standpoint. Uh, but I want to go back to uh, just uh, follow up on what Shay was saying yeah. too. I think one of the biggest things that people don't realize about the difference between residential and commercial, and since we, we certainly do a healthy amount of each, we've discovered over the years that, that people, whether they think about it or not, are, are truly more aware of their private spaces than they in sensorily, sensorily aware of their private spaces uh, versus say an office or a school where they go there to perform a function. They, they, yeah. they get their work done. They're kind of distracted by phone calls, video calls, uh, you know, writing reports or school, obviously educating, teaching, learning, and so on and so forth. Whereas in their home, yes, there, there's a lot of things for them to do, but they can also just sit there at all hours of the day and night and just relax. Just think about their, their lives, meditate. You know, meditation obviously has become an interesting thing for a lot of people. So every, every problem in a home, visually, uh, acoustically, it just, it seems like it, it's amplified when people are sitting there. I mean, Shay and I can, can talk about certain clients that we've had in common who are extremely sensorily aware, sensitive in this case to sound of incredible um, quietness. And, and if, if there are any sounds that occur in their homes, their bedrooms, their living rooms, they will, they will, it'll actually bother them. It'll, it'll yeah. stress them out because it's just some people have more sensitivity to sound and it just manifests it, the, itself so much in their own private environments at 2 a.m. or just in the early evening, wherever it is. So that's why it's even more important to think about those things in homes. Yeah, and then I, I want to kind of bring this around to, to kind of our, our, one of our other questions. And then that's about materials, right? Um, Shay was talking about, you know, hearing different or, or, or getting rid of, of certain sounds, things like the plumbing and, you know, things of that, na that nature. How important is or are, are the materials that we're, you're using to, to kind of craft these spaces and, and craft these, these auditory environments? And does it, does it lean more towards the function of, of what the, the of function of the material or is it more on the aesthetics to get it into, you know, the place where you're not seeing it? Materials, yes. Um, we have seen come to the market a lot of new materials, you know, they're, they're, and, I, and I go back to the days when, you know, an two by two acoustical tile was all you could really do, um, or, or that was the, the go-to solution, you know, and I think more and more, and Steve, you could say as well, there's, there are products out there that can serve both purposes, that, that are both aesthetically pleasing 
and provide the necessary absorption or separation that is needed on an individual space. And so we will guide them, clients to those and try to integrate them into an architectural element and not just an afterthought or something that we're making disappear. Um, that happens a lot more in, in commercial projects where you can, where you can make a, a design element out of the ceiling that does, does the absorption and diffusion but looks good and maybe maybe even we tap into their brand and we bring bring you know something that that the company itself can say look this is us and this serves this purpose so yeah. we did that for for the school we've done that for commercial offices so it is important but a lot of the materials that people don't want to see and we end up having to take steps to conceal those behind fabric, behind, um, you know, uh, other, you know, methods. Well, Steve, I'm going to bring you on that smart because when you're working with the architects, you know, at what point are you saying, okay, you know what, I understand this is ugly, right? Or it's not ideal. How about that? Maybe it's not ugly, it's not, not ideal. You know, how do you walk them through the, the options, the, the possibilities when it comes to, you know, hiding those materials, the materials are important, right? Because they serve a function in crafting that, that audio, that space. But how do you walk them through, you know, how we're going to hide these? Sure. Well, the first thing is to make any architect, especially one who isn't familiar with acoustic treatments in general, aware of what's out there. Okay, what's available in the different environments? Okay, commercial, you know, so, uh, a number of treatments are much more appropriate for commercial environments versus residential and vice versa. Some definitely overlap the two worlds. Yeah. And that's a great thing. And then more and more, as Shay said, are being developed to address both the high-end residential and the commercial spaces. So that's a good thing. It, it helps build awareness uh, more quickly throughout the architectural industry. But, but certainly uh, the first step is, is just, I, I like to say it when, when we were actually in contact with each other, kind of throwing a whole bunch of samples on the table approach to say, okay, here's what's out there. Here's our palette that we have commonly worked with in these types of environments. We're not saying you have to choose A, B, or C, let's talk about this particular project, the aesthetic character that you're after as an architect or designer, is it contemporary, is it classical? Uh, and and try, to, try to at least align a material, like reduce that palette so that your materials are aligned to what the architecture is trying to convey and speak of. And then usually you can find that common ground so that you get that blend you get something that will, will, will blend right in without sticking out, without looking like that science project. I like that. Guys, as we, as we wrap up here, Shay, I'm going to bring you on this. Is, is, I want to ask a question, sort of kind of future looking, right? Um, how do you see design and, and architecture and, and, and sound design leveraging technology in the future uh, when it comes to both you know, residential and, and as well as commercial? So, so you're talking about AV technology now? Yeah, that, I'm, I'm, I'm well, any, any sort of product any, yeah. development that that I'm seeing come out where, you know, 
now suddenly what used to just be a fabric panel on the wall can have texture and color and um, you know and can become part of the interior architecture the interior design and I and I would like to see more of that developed um, I don't necessarily know you know where that starts if that starts from I have I have an aesthetic problem I can go to a manufacturer I can say this is what we wanted to do work with them to um, you know, develop something specific or a takeoff of something that exists uh, in order to achieve an aesthetic objective that we have that will also satisfy an acoustical requirement that Steve has. Makes sense. Steve, same kind of question is, is what, what do you see coming down the pipeline or what do you want to see coming down the pipeline as far as technology, whether it's AV technology or it's art, you know, art, um, acoustical technology materials? Well, the, the one thing that, especially in this last couple months, that has just heightened itself so much is the wellness factor. Okay. And the wellness factor in residential, commercial spaces, healthcare spaces, I think is an extremely important thing to, to understand, to, to, to know what's going to be uh, our new norm. Uh, I mean, it already is. People are talking about the way that, we're using our homes have really expanded so much. And it means that there's more activity and, and that might not go away or at least not get back to where it's pre-pandemic days were. More people might wanna work out of their homes, uh, certainly do entertainment out of their homes. And, and yet those who have to go back into the real world, uh, you know, they're gonna be thinking about ways of of, of that wellness factor, keeping themselves healthy, no matter where they are, in public spaces, in schools, in, in um, uh, offices, and using technologies, uh, different AV technologies that we've seen from uh, sensory technologies like uh, circadian lighting and, and ambient um, background music and air purification, all those things are combined with the things that we do certainly to control noise, which is is not um, is not nearly talked about enough as as a factor in how noise impacts our health, yeah. uh, and we promote that quite a bit. And what we talk to clients and designers and others about is is just being able to to quiet your environments appropriately quiet, not not concert hall quiet, but appropriately quiet, so that you're not um, you're not dealing with those factors that cause stress and, and health issues. Um, and so that's where I think that blend of AV technology to create that wellness along with acoustics and certainly the architectural, the, the space concepts, the lighting, all those things really are coming together. They have been for the last, I don't know, year, maybe two with companies like Delos and such uh, paving the way, but but certainly with practitioners like like Shay and and us, we're seeing that uh, more and more. And and I, I believe this pandemic has caused that to really heighten its awareness and and be our future of what we're concerned about in the world, our private and public worlds. Absolutely, and some of that is the fact that that 
most of us are um, has have been spending more time at home than we have in the years past, most likely. Mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, gentlemen, thank you both. So, go ahead, Jay. I'm well. I'm, I am seeing the technology in you know systems like Savant and and those that that they they are moving into uh, you know circadian lighting to air purification yep. to you know whole house and wellness. Um, beyond just the acoustics of it. And those are starting to get integrated to one another. And, and for us, it's, it's really about educating the client. You know, Once we can educate the client and they understand what the benefits of these can be, then we can start to talk about how they can be integrated into them. But educating the larger public and, the, and our clients is the first challenge. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, uh, that is going to do it for us. Thank you both so much. Shay Murdoch. Uh, Shay is with uh, Murdoch and Salone. Uh, how can people find you or uh, Murdoch and Salone? Um, well, we're at www.murdochsalone.com. Um, we're based in New York and Portland. We work up and down from Florida, mostly on the East Coast. Right. Um, info at murdochsalone.com. You can reach out. Very good. Uh, Mr. Haas, good to, good to see you as always uh, from SH Acoustics. How do people get a hold of you or SH? Uh, same thing, shacoustics.com. Uh, we're on social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, and certainly you can always email me any comments or questions you have, Steve at shacoustics.com. All right, thanks, Steve. Uh, for us, for Aviation, go by our website, avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. You'll find this program as well as a host of others, including our two weekly programs. One is called Resi Week, looks at the residential side of the AV industry, and the other is AV Week, looks at the commercial side. All that and more at avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. That's all the time we have for Architect.